0: Turn with me to two openings, if you would, please, this morning, to 1 Samuel, the second chapter, and to the book of Romans, the thirteenth chapter, 1 Samuel 2, Romans 13. We began a couple of uh, weeks ago talking about the honor of God and what it means and how we're to show honor, how to apply it to our daily life. So let's read these texts, and then let me review just a little bit. Everybody, say honor. honor. Do you believe it's important? Yes. In First Samuel, the second chapter, and over uh, in the thirtieth verse, First Samuel two thirty. The latter part of it, the Lord says, for them that honor me, I will honor. They that despise me, talking about the Lord, shall be lightly esteemed. Them that honor me, I will honor. Who's talking here now? God is talking. I mean, you see an application of the universal law of sowing and reaping, whatever you sow. It's going to come back to you. If you sow respect and honor to God, what did he say? Did God say that he would honor you? That's a great thing, isn't it? Do you suppose you would know it if he honored you? Would you realize it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When God honors you, you know it. In uh, Romans, if you're holding your place there, the 13th chapter, Romans chapter 13, and in verse 7. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom is due. I guess the word tribute means taxes, the word custom means toll. Fear to whom fear and honor To whom honor? Now here he's not just talking about honoring God, but he's talking about honoring people, isn't he? And in this chapter he talks about civil authorities. He's talking about people like governors, prime ministers and presidents and senators and policemen, all the way up and down the civil authority chain. And... uh, We've said it before, but it'll bear repetition. You may not be able to respect and honor everything that a person in authority says or does, but you must honor the place that they stand in, that position, or elsewise you wind up dishonoring God himself. Back up to the uh, first part of this chapter and read this. Romans 13.1 says, Let every soul, everybody... Be subject to the higher powers, that word "powers" is a word for authorities, the higher authorities. For there is no authority but of God, and the authorities that be are ordained of God. Whoever therefore resists the authority, resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation or condemnation and judgment. You know, some people leave the impression... That God's perfect will is some kind of a spiritual communism. By that I mean that everybody is equal. And everybody's going to be equal in every respect and in every way. But that's not true. Everybody is equally loved in God. And as far as our rights in redemption, we're all equal. I mean, nobody has a right to healing more than you do. Nobody has a right to be filled with the Holy Spirit more than you, or a right to be protected more than you. And we're all loved the same. God's no respecter of persons. He doesn't love one more than another. But that doesn't mean we all have the same place, or you could even use the word same rank, in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ. The authorities that be are ordained of God. That there be natural authority is of God. That doesn't mean everything that people in authority do is of God. But the fact that there is authority and structure and rank that is of God. Even in the world to come, there's going to be difference in rank and place. Did you know that? Don't you remember Jesus in teaching? He talked about one individual being over ten cities and another being over five. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about that in glory that we'll differ like the stars in glory. Well, some stars are brighter than others. Is everybody going to be rewarded the same? No, they're not. I mean, we're all saved the same. But not everybody is going to obey the same. Not everybody is going to give the same. Not everybody is going to commit the same. Not everybody loves God to the same degree. And not everybody has the same place. So we must show uh, respect and show honor to the placement. Elsewise, we disrespect God. Now, let me go on with this. We'll review just a bit. But love for God... Is directly revealed in love for people. Go to 1 John. Let me take just a little time with this. 1 John the 4th chapter. And the 20th verse. 1 John 4.20. He says if a man say I love God. And he hates his brother. He's a what? Does he love God? Hmm? He's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loves God love his brother also. Would it be true and correct to say that love for God is revealed and demonstrated and shown in love for people? Is that right? And you cannot love God without loving people. Is that right? But yet... There's a lot of people that think, oh, I love God. Oh, man, me and God, we're like this. I love God. But these people, I just can't stand people. Hmm? Well, now, God loves all of his kids. You have children. Do you love your children? If you're a good parent, you don't play favorites. Now, that doesn't mean that you... Treat every child exactly the same as far as reward. If one child does well and another child does poorly, they should not both be rewarded the same. You say, yeah, but I just love them and I just can't stand it. I got to do. You're being a poor parent. And you're teaching them something that is not true in God. If you do well, you'll be rewarded. If you don't, if you do poorly, you'll be punished. The Bible says in Romans, behold the goodness and the severity of God. He is both good and he is severe. If you won't judge yourself, if you harden your heart and you stiffen your neck and you rebel against him and you ignore him and you sin against him and you don't judge yourself, what the Bible say, you will be judged. That doesn't mean God is not good. That just means you wouldn't listen. Right? It means you're dumb. But no matter how bad you mess up, if you'll genuinely humble yourself and genuinely repent, I don't care how far down you've gone, how bad you've messed up, He'll forgive you. He'll receive you. Amen? And if you'll turn around and do well, no matter how bad you've been, He'll bless you. And if you'll be faithful, no matter how bad you've been, He'll promote you. He'll use you. Even if you've messed up, he's both good and he's severe. Now, a good leader is going to be the same way. A good mother, a good father, a good pastor of a church, a good head of a business. A good leader is going to be both good and severe. Did you hear me? A good leader is going to have this reputation. Let's say a people worked under him or something. A good boss. A new employee comes on. If they're a good leader, a good boss, the older employees might tell the younger one. Well, I tell you what now about Mr. So-and-so. If you'll work hard and you'll stay after it, man, he'll stick by you. He'll be faithful to you. He'll, you know, you don't have to worry about him firing you for no reason. I mean, he respects faithfulness and loyalty, but I tell you what, you slack off and you mess around, you lie to him, he'll fire you. He'll put you in the road. Don't think he won't. Hmm? That would be the, a description of a good leader. Somebody that people say, Oh, don't worry about them. You know, no matter what you do, they'll let it go. It won't be a big deal. They're not a good leader. Hmm? People need to know. You don't try to do right, it's going to cost you. You do well, it's going to pay. God's that way. We should be that way. Well, when it comes to loving God, it's directly revealed and shown demonstrated in loving people well it's not just love many things are that way if you respect god if you honor god it's going to be shown in honoring people honoring his we ended up on this last week we'll read it again in matthew 10 why don't you turn over there matthew 10 Everybody say it out loud while you're turning. Loving God, loving God equals people. Loving, people. loving people. Say it again. Honoring God, honoring God equals people. Honoring, people. honoring people. No such thing as somebody that has a lot of respect for God and the things of God and honors God, but they're very disrespectful of people. That's cannot right. be. That's right. They're just you know, imagining that they honor God. If you really love God, other folk are going to know it. They're going to see it in your life. It's going to come out through you loving people. If you really honor God, it's going to be seen and shown in you honoring His people and His things. In Matthew 10, are you there? Yep. Matthew 10, the latter part of the chapter, verse 40. Matthew ten forty says, He that receives you receives me. The Lord's very big on delegation. He that receives me receives him that sent me. Can you receive the Father without receiving the Son Jesus? Ah, no. huh? you cannot. You might say, I love Jehovah God, I love the Father God, but I don't accept Jesus. Can you be saved like that? No. Someone says, Well, I think no. The answer is no. Right. Study the scriptures. Right. Well, maybe no. You know, somebody said, Don't you believe that there are many ways that lead to God? No. No. Well, y'all are just narrow minded. Yeah, and saved. <laughs> the Bible said that there's a broad way that leads to destruction. Right? And many there be that enter therein. There is a straight and a narrow way. I mean, there's some things we can be open about, there's some things I won't even be dogmatic about i mean you say well i don't believe in healing well i do but i won't fight you about it well i don't believe in talking in tongues well i do and i do talk in tongues but i won't fight you about it Hmm? but if you say well i just believe there's a lot of ways to be saved that's where i draw the line (laughs) i'm sorry no (laughs) no i can't even tolerate that what do you mean jesus said i am the way Nobody can come to the Father except by me. There's only one way to be saved. And it's to be born again through Jesus, through his work. So you don't receive Jesus, you are not saved. Well, I believe there's a lot of different ways to go. Well, you believe wrong. Jesus is the way. Now, the only reason I say that is because it's the difference between being saved and lost. So we have to be like that about it. Now, uh, he said, if you receive me, you receive (laughs) his disciples. He that receives you, the disciples that he sent, receive me. Well, now, I think sometimes we don't think enough about that. Let's say the Lord sends somebody to the church as a guest minister. He sent them here to do something. How should we receive them? According to this, we ought to receive them just like the Lord. Because he takes it personally. And there really is a twofold thing every time we come to church. uh, You know, I believe the Lord sent us here to Branson. And I believe the Lord sent you here. So we ought to receive each other like the Lord. What if I received you as the Lord and you received me as the Lord? There'd be honor, there'd be respect. For him. And that's when you see situations like the, like the scripture talks about. Where two or three are gathered how? Not just gathered having a meeting. Not just gathered having a service. Gathered in my name. What does that mean in my name? Gathered acknowledging his person and all that he is. Because that's what that name represents. Him. All that he is. All that he's done. All his will. All his words. And that's what it goes on to say, keep reading, he that receives a prophet, how? Now what's another way of saying in the name of a prophet? With respect, with honor, as a prophet of God. In the name of a prophet would mean receiving somebody as a prophet of God. Now you know, so a lot of people have trouble with that name prophet. We shouldn't have any more trouble with prophet than we do pastor. Or teacher or evangelist. And when you say prophet, that doesn't mean that you're almost God. Any more than a pastor is almost God. Did you hear me? Now, you know why I say this is because people have goofy ideas about these things. Yes, we do have modern day apostles. And modern day prophets modern-day evangelists and pastors and teachers, they're all gifts given to the body. But now, just because you prophesy, that doesn't make you a prophet. And a prophet's primary ministry is not predicting the future. He's not some kind of a sanctified fortune teller. (laughs) Though revelation of the future can come through that ministry. There's a lot more to it than that. But anyway, you know, it'll help us to see as ministries develop, that we receive the gifts and not just the gifts in the ministries, but in each other. You know, one element, uh, indication of maturity is that you can see God at work. Did you hear that now? You can see God in people. You can see giftings in people. You can see anointings on people. And uh, instead of just seeing flesh... And one reason we don't have as much manifestation of these holy things and these gifts and manifestations of the Spirit as we should is because people don't honor them. They don't respect them. Don't respect them and don't expect them. And that's one reason I'm teaching on this. Because we're going to respect the things of God. We're not going to go, you know, some people when they think respect, they think that means stiff and scared. No, no, no. We're going to be happy. We're going to have fun. We're going to be free. But we're not going to be so light that we're disrespectful. We're going to know when to be quiet. We're going to know where to show reverence and how to show honor and respect. And you just watch it. The more we learn this, the anointing will increase in our services and in our midst. And we'll have manifestations of the Spirit. Well, this is manifestations this morning. Do you respect that? We do. God could use anybody. It's not just about who got used. And that's when we that you have a true move that you don't just get in a habit of stuff. That you you know, we want the real thing. And you'll see results too. Everybody say honor. honor. Respect. He says, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet or as a prophet, what will you get? What would a prophet's reward be? Well, for one thing, it would be the full measure of that ministry. How many know the full manifestation of a ministry to you is a reward to you? You're being blessed. And there's more to it than that, but we'll just stop there. And he that receives a righteous man... This is not necessarily a minister here now, not a preacher, not a minister, but just a righteous man, somebody that loves God and is committed to serving God, you receive him in the name of or as a committed, dedicated, righteous Christian, you'll receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only In the name of a disciple, because they're his disciple, you might say, verily I say to you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. I treat people in certain situations, certain ways, not because of them, but because they are his. Do you understand that? We want to... Train ourselves in our thinking. Sometimes people think, well, you're just making a big deal out of a man. No, I know the difference. I have no delusions about flesh. I don't care who they are. If they're they're flesh, they're a man, they're a woman. They have faults. They've made mistakes. I know that. But if God's chosen them, if he's put his anointing on them, if he's used them, I want to see to it, I respect that, even in spite of flesh failure. Do you remember David was anointed to be king, and Saul had gotten so far from God, he had an evil spirit? You remember that? He'd become full of hate and bitter, and he saw the anointing was on David, and he tried to kill him. Remember that? David's sitting there playing on his instrument for Saul to give him some peace and relief and in the middle of this he throws his spear at him. Tries to pin him against the wall. Tries to kill him. That's just like pulling out a pistol today and shooting at somebody. Tried to kill him. And David left and had to run for his life. I mean this happened repeatedly. He's out on the run. Fugitive. Treated like a criminal. Hiding in holes and caves. Well you remember that He had an opportunity where they snuck up in the camp one night. And here Saul is laying there. And David's men, some of his men are with him that sneaked into the camp. And this bunch is a bunch of warriors, man. I mean, you talk about strong men. Have you read their exploits? I mean, one of these guys that was close to David, there was a giant down in a pit with a huge spear. And he was you know, talking big one day. And one of David's men went down in that pit, took that spear away from the guy and killed him with it. One of them tackled a lion hand to hand. I mean, these men had no fear. And one of them stood up over him and said, "Uh, let me strike him. It won't take but one time. I'll take care of this problem for you. What did David say? He said, no. He said, no, you won't touch him. And I won't touch him. Why? Because he's the Lord's anointed. This is a demon possessed man. A man full of hate and murder. And he calls him the Lord's anointed. Why? Because he had been. Did you hear that now? He was chosen of God. He had been used of God. The anointing of God had been on him. And what did he say? He said, well, he said, I'm going to leave him to God. You know, he may fall in battle or something will come. He may be judged if he don't straighten up. But my hand is not going to touch him. Now, see, was he just making a big deal out of Saul or was he honoring God? He was honoring God. God chose him. God put him in. God can remove him. Hmm. Hmm. But my hand's not going to be on him. Can you see this? Now, we said we gave you one thing. I want to go to a second one this morning about how to show honor. Number one, reference. How to show honor to God and to man is reference. Or how you refer to something or someone. You refer to something with dignity and respect is a way of showing honor. How would you rather somebody refer to you? My good friend, so-and-so, or that guy? You know, we need to understand in talking about somebody, don't just refer to them on the basis of nationality or color. You know, well, that black man. Well, then, I mean, if you're going to be correct, then everybody else, that you should say that white man or that red man or that yellow man. Do you want people referring to you as that white man? Hmm? No, it's a man, right? Why put designations on? It? You watch this, black or white, red or yellow, whatever. People that are always talking about the differences are prejudice. Even you know. Well, uh, think about this. If you're prejudiced against prejudiced people, <laughs> what are you? <laughs> you're prejudiced. <laughs> and prejudice has a lot more to do than with color. There are a lot of rich people that are prejudiced against poor people, and a whole lot of poor people that are prejudiced against rich people. Hmm. You got Baptists that are prejudiced against Catholics. Pentecostals that are prejudiced against Baptists. Educated that are prejudiced against uneducated. But how you refer to somebody shows your respect and honor or your lack thereof. We don't just refer to somebody as that old man. Or to your wife as my old lady. And that might be accepted in some biker clubs but not around here. Who is that? That's your lovely wife, the queen of your home. Must I said, that's funny. I know it, but it's just because we're so far removed from it. Sarah called Abraham Lord. Now, every time I say that, I'm quoting a scripture. Did you realize that? A New Testament verse. I'm quoting a New Testament scripture. And every time you say that, you can almost hear it. People say, if you think I'm calling George Lord, you got another. Hey, I didn't tell you to do anything. Today, we don't use the word Lord or Lady so much in that designation. But an appropriate term, the counterpart would be Sir. Would probably be closer to the language we use today. Would it be good for your children to see you referring to your wife with dignity and respect? And her referring to you. The wives referring to the husbands with dignity and respect. And when you're talking about the president, you don't just say that jerk. No matter which president you're talking about. You're talking about the governor. You're talking about the whoever. I don't, maybe they did some dumb stuff. Maybe they did some ungodly, unrighteous stuff. Saul was doing some ungodly stuff. Wasn't he? Yeah. Had murder in his heart. Had an evil spirit. And yet David calls him what? The Lord's anointed. Why? Because God had picked him and God had used him. God had placed him and anointed him. I want you to go on with me today. Let's look in Romans. Romans, the 10th chapter. Before I go on, uh, say something else about this reference. One of the most serious charges of something that you could do in the New Testament is blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Jesus spoke very, very severely about that. What is blaspheming the Holy Ghost? Well, you need to be specific without me going back there and teaching on it. Jesus was casting out devils. He was healing people. And his enemies, his opponents said, he's doing it by the devil. And that's when he talked to them about blaspheming the Holy Ghost because they had attributed the work of the Holy Ghost to the devil. Well, that's uh, how disrespectful can you be? That's about as dishonoring and disrespectful as you could possibly be to call the work of God the work of the devil. I'm telling you two things now to be very careful how you refer to the Holy Spirit. Be careful how you refer to him. And secondly is the blood. How you speak of the blood. These are two of the most holy and to be most revered things in heaven and should be on earth. His spirit and his blood. Hebrews talks about people insulting or doing despite and insulting the spirit of grace and insulting the blood. So when you talk about the blood... Uh, Well, let me say it like this, no jokes about the blood. You know what I mean by that? And be careful about jokes about the Holy Spirit. And be careful about being irreverent. I've heard some people, I don't know, they didn't mean anything by it, but they say, do you got the ghost? Well, that's not quite respectful enough for me. How many know what I mean by that? And I just want—I don't want you to make mistakes in these areas, and I want you to help other people too, uh, particularly about these two things. Watch how you refer to the Holy Spirit. Watch how you refer to anything concerning the blood. When we're talking about the blood, show all the respect you know how. All the honor and respect. Talking about the Holy Spirit, show all the respect you know how. And you know, there's a lot of people that make fun of tongues, don't they? talking in tongues, and if they weren't so ignorant, they'd be in trouble. The Lord has mercy on people that really don't know any better. If they're really totally ignorant. But if you know it's God, and you make fun of it like it's not, that's serious. I said, that's serious. You can be judged for that kind of thing. You don't want to do that. But here in this place, we show the Holy Spirit respect. Amen? I mean, he's the director of affairs of the church on the earth. That's right. Isn't he? He only says what he hears the Father say in the Lord Jesus. And we want to be reverential and respectful. And when we talk about the blood, I mean it once a month. We set aside to show honor and respect for the blood in the body. Amen? And we never want that. One reason we don't do it every time is because we don't want it just to be a routine. We want it to be something special that we honor and respect the blood, and we honor and respect the body. Can you say amen? Amen. So beware of jokes about these things and irreverence, because it's improper, and if you know better, it can bring judgment. In Romans 12, are you there? Romans 12 and verse 10. Romans 12 and 10 says... Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, doing what? Preferring one another. In honor, preferring one another. Number one way we said that you show respect, that you show honor, is how you refer to things. Number two is how you prefer Prefer people and our things. Show preference. I mean, it's a simple, your favorite piece of jewelry. Maybe you got a watch that's more expensive than any other watch. I've got several nice watches. Not ashamed of them either. Even if I paid full price for them. But fact is, every one I got, somebody gave me. We were moving into our house, you know, and we had a room that's kind of a, like a little parlor type room and got a grand piano in there and got a big nice painting from Europe and got a bronze sculpture on one side and got some antique chairs. And somebody walked through there I said, you know, I hadn't thought about it. Everything in that room has been given to us over the years. We hadn't paid one penny for everything that's in that room. Sometimes people, you know, see a preacher have something, they think, well, dear God, I ain't no telling how many offerings he took to buy that. Well, and some have, you know. But you got that in any profession, don't you? I mean, any profession. And it's up to you. Really, you know, you're responsible for, before the Lord if you put money into a place you shouldn't. Did you hear me? It's not just all their fault. I mean, you're supposed to pray and hear from God, too. But... uh Uh, You know, I've got a couple of nice watches that some dear friends of mine gave me. Well, that's important to me. One of them, a senior minister that helped me get started in the ministry, gave to me. It's very nice. Well, I don't just throw that in the corner. You know what I'm saying? I give it preferential treatment. In fact, I'm believing for a special case for it. How I many know what I'm talking about? I want it. I don't just throw it in a drawer. I don't just pitch it over in the corner of the room. I give it preferential treatment. Now, I got a little plastic Timex I wear when I swim. I throw it in the drawer. <laughs> I know mean, what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've had it for years. I mean, I just throw it in the drawer. But this, uh, this one is a Breitling from Switzerland, and it's very nice. And uh I have a place I put it. I give it the preferential spot. Amen. How many know we're not supposed to do that with a watch? That's right. We're supposed to do that with people. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. The one way you show honor is by preferential treatment. Now I use my Bibles, but I don't throw my Bibles in a corner with the magazines. No. Yes. I know it's just a book, I know it's just paper. But uh, I have written all through my Bible things the Lord said to me about scriptures and about times and seasons and things. And the words that are there are precious to me. Hmm. So I, you know, I don't want just anybody grabbing my Bible and running off with it either. A lot of times I'm going to other churches and stuff and somebody will start to grab my Bible. I say, whoa, 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 wait, wait. <laughs> no, I got that. And uh, why? I give it preferential treatment. Hmm? Are you with me? We're going to have, uh, you know, some special meetings here right away. And we're going to have some uh, special seating for some people too. Does the Bible say give honor to whom honor is due? Does it say don't be a respecter of persons? Well, how do you rightly divide that? Does that mean that everybody gets exactly the same treatment? No, it does not. You don't treat people different just because of their flesh. You don't treat people different just because they have money. You don't treat people different just because they might have had some success in the world. Now that's what some folk don't understand. But you do uh, show respect and honor for people that have been faithful serving God for 50 years. People whose lives and commitment to God in the ministry have changed millions of lives. They all don't have to wait outside in line. That's right. No, we're going to save them a seat. We're going to bring them in the side door. Amen. 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 We're going to bless them. Prefer- everybody say preference. preference. Well, now that doesn't just stop with maybe ministers that you respect. He said that we're to prefer each other. Yes. We're supposed to show some application of that with everybody that's a believer. Everybody that's a child of God, we can treat you special just because you're a Christian. Just because you're a believer. Just give you a cup of cold water. Not just because you're thirsty. Are you getting this? Do you hear, Are you hearing with your spirit this morning? Not just giving somebody a cup of water because they happen to ask for one or because they are thirsty, but because this is a child of God. Hmm? I'm not just giving this to you as a man. I'm doing this to you as a child of God, as a disciple of his. In honor, preferring one another. Go with me to the book, please, of 2 Kings. 2 Kings. And the fourth chapter. A lot of this has been lost through the years. And people either seem to get in one ditch or the other. It's either all pomp and circumstance and just, you know, somebody trying to impress somebody. It's not all about if you know which finger to hold up when you pick up the teacup. You know, you can have a lot of that stuff and have no respect, can't you? And you can have people that make a big to-do just because they want to be the hot thing going on in town. And they want to be able to say, we're the ones that had them come to us. But when the people actually come there, sit there at the table and talk about them behind their back. There's not really any respect there. They're just doing things for advantage. Doing things so people will notice them. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the real honor of God. And in doing things for people, God takes it personally. You know, we told this story, you know, some years ago we were stranded on out in the middle of a very desolate place. Our car quit on us uh, back in the very earliest days of our ministry. And uh, we went to like five houses that were all of them seemed like at least a mile apart and nobody had time for us. And we found some people who were older, different denomination, different color, but they received us. And when they found out we were Christians, they treated us special. Just because we were Christians. Man, I'll never forget that. It was cold. They brought us in built a fire in their little mobile home they had. And they didn't have a phone, but they drove us to where we could get one. And we tried to pay them when it was over with. And the man looked at us. He said, oh, no. And the woman, what would she say? No, we're Christians. Y'all are Christians. She said, if we can't help a fellow Christian... What's life about? And uh, they showed us preferential treatment because we were people of God. Amen. You know, we should show each other such preferential treatment that outsiders would want to get in. Right? That non-Christians would want to become Christians so that they'd get treated like we do among each other. You know, uh, Dr. Summerall, Lester Summerall, who's going home to be with the Lord now, he was very strong on this with their Feed the Hungry programs. He said, when we go in to Feed the Hungry, we're going to feed the hungry Christians. And some people found him, had a hard time with that. But he's right. I said, he's right. If you'll study scripture after scripture, you'll find that he talks about loving each other. Talking about fellow Christians, doing things for each other, and Doctor Sumrall understood this and wanted it demonstrated that if you serve the wrong God, you get the wrong results. Hmm? Yeah. Now some people say, "Well, I don't like that." Well, are you doing either one? See, I mean, <laughs> but it's right. We should help our own. What I, I don't mean just our own kin folks. I mean our own Christians. Our own believers there should be something there in preferring and honoring have you found second kings i'm commencing to get ready to start to close but you don't want me to miss the punchline do you second kings everybody say reference and preference second kings 4 and let's read about this 2 Kings 4:8 you know this story but let me just remind you of it 2 Kings 4 and 8 it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread now great meant that she uh, she had money she had influence in the community And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in there to eat bread. He must have liked it there. She probably was a good cook too. She said to her husband, behold now, verse 9, behold now I perceive that this is an old preacher. Huh? You see why I said that? What did she say? This is an old preacher I feel sorry for him. (laughs) Let's see if we can get him a place to stay. Huh? No, this is a what? A holy man of God. Have things changed in God that we shouldn't use this kind of language anymore? We should use this kind of language. Child of God. Man of God. Woman of That doesn't mean we're trying to say that they're everything. We know they're flesh. Even with each other. Child of God. Man of God. I've heard people that I respect. uh, I've heard uh, men who were pastors of works of longevity and their wives referred to them as the pastor. Or as the man of God. Well, I know he was just Jim at home. At least part of the time. But she and her children... And his children, I've seen things like this that show reverence and respect. It teaches you of God because God is this way. She said, this is a holy man of God and he comes by here all the time. Let us make a little chamber. He's talking about building a bedroom onto the house. Let us set up for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it'll be when he comes to us that he'll turn in there. And it fell on a day that he came there and turned into the chamber and lay there. Is that preferential treatment? Isn't it? Building a room on your house today, then is just like building one today. It costs money, time. Did she honor God in honoring Elisha? Yes. Yes, she did. She showed him preferential treatment. I've talked to you about this. I have this on my heart. I believe you do too. We're going to be a place of hospitality. Aren't we? I mean, we're in this place where millions of people come through here every year. And we're going to have a lot of people come for meetings and just come to visit. And we're going to love on them. And we're going to respect them. We're going to show people respect maybe that never have had any. It'll cause them to bloom and blossom. Blossom. I know I took my car in for service some years ago. And the place was a madhouse. And uh, there were guys in suits in there. Barking at these guys with the blue collars that were changing the oil and working on these cars. Barking at them and demanding this and attention all in the air. I finally I saw one of the guys that worked there. And I looked down. He had his name on his uniform. And I said, Mr. Bob. Well, he looked at me like he hadn't heard that in in a year. Mr. Bob. I said, Mr. so-and-so. I said, I can see that you're very busy. And if you don't have time to get to me today, I understand. Uh, I just need you to tell me what I should do. Well, see, I've already prayed and asked for favor earlier in the day. I'm believing God's helping me. And you don't go in stomping your feet and demanding things and acting like a heathen. You'll undo your prayer. Hmm? He looked. When I called him Mr. Bob, he stood up a little bit. He looked at me. He said, "Where's your car?" I said, "It's right over there." He said, "Follow me." And I followed him. And he pulled me around a bunch of people. Pulled me. They looked at me like they wanted to shoot me. What'd you do? You you gave him money? No, I just called him Mr. Bob. Treated him like a human being. Hmm? Said acting like I was better than he was. Barking at him. How many know what I'm talking about? This is honor. The Bible says we're to honor all men. And we're to show preference and honor and respect. One way you honor people is by not pressuring them. And by how you refer to them, how you talk to them. Well, they made preferential arrangements and treatment. They prepared and showed preference. We're going to do that. You know, do y'all remember in our week of increase meeting, these ministers I had come in that were my ministers when I was a little boy. You remember that? Those guys were so blessed. I'm telling you, they have called. They have written. They said nobody in 40 something years of ministry ever treated us like that. Don't you think that's right? I mean, these people have been faithful in the ministry. I mean, staying after it for 40-something years. And uh, we put them up in a nice place, fed them real good. And a bunch of y'all came over and loved on them and gave them Pentecostal handshakes. Man, they were blessed. That's going to be happening all the time with just a visitor that came in off the street, as well as ministers that have been faithful and other people. I'm relying on you. We can do some things. I can't do it all. Phyllis can't do it. No matter what we try to do, you have to be there. And you have been being there. I'm just encouraging you saying, this is God. This is right. Not only are we being nice to them, we're showing honor to God. Aren't we? We're showing honor to God. She honored and he, her husband, he could have pitched a fit about it, couldn't he? He could have said, I don't want that old preacher in here all the time. I mean, coming up here, eating our groceries, it costs money to build onto the house. Now, if we're going to build onto the house, I'm going to build me a room. <laughs> they wouldn't even be in the book, would they? Why is this even in here? See, they had enough respect. and honor. He said, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. They built the room, bought the furniture, set it up, spent money on groceries. Every time he came through, fed him, took care of him, give him a quiet place to hear from God. They honored him. Did they honor God in doing that? Yes. yes, they did. All right. If you honor God, what did he say? What did he say? Them that honor me, I will honor. I mean, you don't go two verses into this thing. And verse 12 said, uh, the man of God said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And he called her and he, she stood before him. He said, tell her behold you have been careful for us with all this care what is to be done for you is that god (laughs) you keep blessing his people it's going to come up before him isn't it he's going to say all right something's got to be done for them they've honored me he and he asked her you know what do you want and she said i'm happy i got everything and Gehazi said they don't have a kid they want a child And you know, he spoke the word over, and just within a year's time, she had a child. Is that being honored of God? Did God honor her? You know, that wasn't the end of it. Later on, that boy died. Had a stroke out in the field from some kind of problems. Do you know that that boy was raised from the dead? Is that God honoring you? Do you think she felt like that was worth a few groceries and a piece of two of furniture? at this point that's not all later on there was a time of famine they all had to leave and go out of the country but when they came back they walked in before the king as Gehazi was talking and he pointed out and said that's the woman and the king secured to her her property and all that her land would have produced over the years she was gone he saw to it and commanded that it was given her my, my, my. That was a cheap little bedroom. I don't care how much money they spent on it in honoring God. But see, people don't think like that. They think, well, it's costing me something. You know, we're talking about spending money on the church and fixing it up and getting ready for the meeting. No, this is not throwing money away. This is an investment of the greatest kind. Huh? We want this place nice for visitors to come in and want our ministers to be comfortable and Honored and respect. Well, this is gonna happen just by what's in your heart. Isn't it? There's enough of us here, no matter how many visitors come in or who else comes in, we have enough honor and respect in our heart that from the first note struck on the instrument, you stand up with that on the inside. And when the ministers come to minister, your honor is there. You're not just making much of flesh. You're honoring God. You're honoring the anointing. You're honoring the gifts and graces. And how many believe that God is faithful? He will honor us with His presence, with healings in our midst, with miracles, with financial miracles. Amen? With respect and promotions and avenues and opportunities that other people don't get. With sparing your life and protecting you. That's honoring you, isn't it? Stand up on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Said out loud, I honor him. I honor him. Just lift up your hands and begin to thank him. Say, Lord, we honor you. Lord, we honor you. You are worthy of all honor and all glory and all respect. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge,